0: Karen Adams, a firsthand witness and survivor of the attacks on 9/11, walked us through her story earlier this week as one of the many unsung heroes that day and what life was like after the tragedy. In this episode, we recover the firsthand experience of 9/11 and how it changed American lives forever and maybe the rest of the world. We will explore the aftermath of this tragedy and confirm some theories regarding the American government and new safety measures put in place after the event. September 11, 2001, 8.46 a.m. Adams is working on the first floor of the World Trade Center, running through court cases when suddenly the building started to shake and she heard an explosion from above. Her first instinct was to duck and run out of the building to safety. When she looked up, she saw a gaping hole in the side of the tower with smoke sweeping from the sides. She immediately ran back into the building to help get colleagues and friends to safety outside of the building, as the atmosphere was filled with fire truck sirens and screams from people watching in awe. Adams and her friends were directed four blocks away to the nearest Starbucks and away from danger. Adams recalls standing in the corner wrapped in a blanket, watching the second plane hit on TV and hearing the unified screams from inside the cafe and out. They were quickly relocated by firefighters and sent to a local library seven blocks away to be picked up by their families as it was deemed unsafe. Everyone in the building was glued to the little TV on the front desk, watching in horror as people were falling from the towers. At first, they thought the floors were collapsing, but as the camera zoomed in, they were in fact alive as they fell to their death, suicide. The room turned dead silent when the cameraman panned out to tower one collapsing into a cloud of smoke, and the room began to shake, surrounded by a huge bang followed by a collective scream from outside the doors. Everyone began to panic, even though we were safe from the destruction, as the cameraman proceeded to say that this was no longer a freak accident, but a terrorist attack. The Aftermath Waking up the next day was something Adam quotes she will never forget. Standing up in a daze with the sound of sirens plying on repeat in her head, She went straight for the TV remote instead of her usual cup of coffee. She hits the red power button. The TV flickers on and a reporter from CNN is discussing the tragedy, uncovering all of the destruction caused and the number of missing or killed in the attack. 2,977 people dead and more than 6,000 injured. The TV reads, As the United States investigates the attacks, the government concludes that Osama Bin Laden was the one responsible for not only the two plane hijackings that hit the World Trade Center, but but two more planes that were hijacked, one crashing into the Pentagon and the other dive bombing into a field in Pennsylvania. Adams, glued to the TV for hours now, could not believe what was happening, or that she was right there when it happened. This was her life now, and she had a story to share with the world. She decided to do some digging of her own because she needed to know the motive behind the attacks. As a primary witness of the attacks, Adams endured some serious PTSD from the event and a type of anxiety that will keep her from ever stepping foot on a plane again. The result? Adams spent the next 10 years of her life researching and attempting to connect the loose ends during her free time when she was not at the office. She was glued to the television every moment she got, as the search for Osama bin Laden was on, and the person responsible was still on the loose. Adams' Theories Fast-forwarding all the way to 2020, Adams has developed multiple theories as to why the attacks happened, and if they were attacks where bin Laden was the only one responsible. She also covered all the changes the American government made since 9-11 and if they were necessary. Here are her theories. Theory number one, ongoing wars. Less than a month after the attacks, President Bush ordered U.S. troops to invade Afghanistan, where many groups, including the Taliban government, were attacked in the search to find Bin Laden. Two years later after coming up short, the U.S. moved on and invaded Iraq, capturing President Saddam Hussein. Hussein was suspected of producing weapons of mass destruction and considered dangerous, even though no weapons were found and was no way linked to the terrorist attacks on 9-11. Today, our military continues to launch war on terror on the people of the Middle East, despite President Bush out of office for over a decade now. Could Bush have ordered this attack on purpose so he could retaliate on the Middle East? Theory number two, immigration and deportation. After 9-11, President Bush created the Department of Homeland Security and the US Customs Service. These so-called safety measures awarded the government access to check immigration status of every person booked in county or local jail. This allowed the government to kick people out of the country who were not born on American soil for something as simple as not using a turn signal while driving. Recently, deportation numbers have increased exponentially thanks to President Trump taking advantage of this rigged system and power the government holds. Did Bush order these attacks so he could award the government absolute power and control over both the American and non-American citizens? Theory number three, personal surveillance. This one is just as surprising as the past three. Once again, after 9-11, the government decided to pass another bill to give themselves absolute control. The U.S. government passed a secret bill worth $52.6 billion to the National Security Agency. The source? Former government contractor Edward Snowden revealed the details of the security bill was to give the government access to all personal information stored on the internet for people like you and I, and to prevent any more terrorist attacks. Further information from Snowden explains that over 56,000 emails and other communications by Americans have been stolen by the government without any relation to terrorism. Snowden recently published a book on his time working as a government official and holds many dirty secrets of the administration. No wonder why the government made him pay $5 million worth of profits from his book. Was Bush and the American government just looking for another excuse to have more control over its citizens and country through communications?